Yep. So three, two, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. I wasn't fucking ready for that, man. Okay, <laughs> okay, let's go again. Let's go. Three, three, three two, two, one. No, no, do it again. Don't wait for me. Don't wait for me. Five. Okay. Three, three, two, two one. one. Yeah, good. That's good. That was really good. <laughs> okay. I feel like I just, I'm just like waiting. <laughs> okay. Episode 2 of the Lonely Boy's Guide to Circus podcast. So today um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Grazing the Sky, which is, if you haven't heard of it, it's like a, it's a pretty indie documentary that it's a little bit dated, I don't know why we're talking about really. It was in 2013, was when it was released. Yeah, it's like a, it's an indie documentary, good cinematography, it follows the um, storyline of a couple of emerging students. acrobat circus artists. Yes, yeah, students who are going through school. Um, and it also follows some already performers. Like, I believe there was some, like, Akori Akro were there. Oh, yeah. They were in it, doing some, like, aerial cradle and bunking, I believe. Although it's old, I only just kind of recently watched it. It's interesting. I mean, as an Australian watching it, I guess, I know a little bit about it, but it follows kind of the... FedEx world of circus, which is more of like the European circuit, the European Federation, and a little bit of ENC and ECQ. Yeah, but and also it's it's quite interesting because a lot of the shots were illegal to take. Like they have to hide cameras into the like suitcase and stuff to make some of the recorders of the Chinese pole of this dude that I forgot his name, um, but he's quite big. the one from he's, Palestine. Yeah. Because in that part of the world, you're not allowed to bring cameras and stuff. Whoa, that... So it... I didn't even realize that part of it. Okay, are you talking about that scene where he, he's out in the open? He set up an, like a pole outside and he's doing it? Yep. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly that one. They have to hide the cameras in the suitcases, uh, like in some other parts. And like sometimes they attach, like dis- disassemble the whole camera. To get through the costumes. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that they had to hide some of it. A lot of it's like very, it's very beautiful, like cinematography. It's interesting the direction it took. Yeah. I think we were talking about it before, where it's like, it's probably more interesting to watch it as a non-circus performer. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I feel like it's made for like people that is introducing themselves into circus. Than like pro- like mm. professional people because I don't know I think it's like really well made, but also like some skills that you see I mean they need a lot of development and it's also like it's a lot of beginners classes I think yeah guess I don't know yeah uh, <laughs> maybe we should do some research before we talk about it no it's totally I would have liked to get a um to see a take on circus that was for circus 
and I guess people, you know, you know, dance or theatre or whatever. It's definitely suited towards just general people wanting to watch a nice documentary and then, like, learn a little bit about circus. But even then, the take they took on it was really interesting. It was quite angsty. They didn't really follow the performers, like, why they do what they do. It was, like, the feel I got at the end was just, it's hard to do what they do. I'm not sure if you got that as well. It was kind of just a bit... It was a little bit melancholy, like, yeah, this is a bit of a depressing art form, and it's hard, and it's a grind, um, but there was no, like, alleviation at the end where it's like, oh, but it's lovely, and I love it, and I would only be doing this. It was just really, like... It's fucking hard. Just downhill. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it was all, yeah, all just, it's fucking hard, it's a grind, it's a, it's a hard lifestyle, it's not easy. That was kind of the theme of the whole thing. And they're not explaining much about what actually goes into it, like its specifics. Yeah, I think they also use like this martyr. Like, I think what you're explaining gave me this idea of like, they use the martyr, you know, martyr. Material? Mm, I don't know how you use it. No, it's like the person you, that blame itself too much. Uh, and everything is his fault. Martyr. The martyr. Um, yeah, a martyr. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like it's recorded from that point of view, you know? Because they're not, like, artists. They're, like... Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Like, they're suffering f for the art instead of, like, making themselves happy for it. Sure. You know? Because I'm doing art because I really enjoy it and, like, it fulfills me. Sometimes I feel like they take... Or, like, the takes they made is just for that point of view. Like, it's art and they're suffering yeah. as well. Yeah. That's what I thought. Totally. And also, for a circus documentary, there wasn't a whole lot of circus in it. Yeah, I mean, I think as a circus artist, we expect always more circus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it wasn't that much, and they didn't show, like... It wasn't, like, a showcase of, like, circus abilities, but it was more, like, in-depth of, like, the creative process, because we, we've seen a lot of, like, these... Also, in the beginning, for the most part... Of like this workshop with this famous clown artist in yeah. France, you know. So they're taking this workshop and they're showing them how to make up and shit. And well, I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's literally a class. Yeah, but it's not like big technique circus show. I needed more circus to enjoy it, though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, it is our industry, and we're always wanting more. It's always nice to see when you get someone who maybe doesn't understand what it is and see, and they pick out their beauty in what they see. For example, the aerial cradle guys, you know, and they're filming it, but they're not filming the whole thing because what they think is beautiful is maybe just the legs flailing at the bottom or whatever it is. And it's interesting to get that outside and look at it like that. I guess it's pretty common sense at some points, but yeah, I guess that is the take on it. But sometimes... Sometimes it just peeved me a little bit. Like there was um, Philippe and Mary Lee, which are the two men and men pair from the Quebec school. They do like the unicycle duo in Cousa. Okay, yeah. I believe they used to. I'm not sure if they do anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing... There was one particular frame I know. They were doing a skill. They were doing cannonball, front salto to siren, which is a beautiful skill. Oh, yeah. And the camera guys like just got 
Philippe in the frame, so she does the cannonball, flies up out of the frame, and then comes back into it. So he basically didn't get any of it. He got, like, the release and the catch and not the skill in the middle. And I was, yeah, that... that Which is the most impressive part, you know? <laughs> like, that's, that's what I thought. Because, one, I was like, okay, if you're getting the interesting part, sure. Why not just move it up and shoot her then? Because the interesting part is her moving in the air. <laughs> from what I think, anyway. I guess that's subjective, obviously. Maybe he thought differently. Yeah, like, the connection, it was, like, more interesting for him. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I should probably do more research into... The actual making of the documentary, we should talk about that. Because I don't know... It was quite an independent director and artist and writer. I don't really know who... I don't know who the writer is, but I know the director is from Spain. He's from Spain, yeah. And his name is Horacio... Horacio, I don't know what... Horacio Dulmar? Dulamar? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mis- I'm, I'm mispronouncing. I'm, I'm confusing languages. But uh, his name is Horacio, so I don't know anything about him other than he yeah. filmed that. Oh, uh, yeah. I, no, I know who you talk about. Horatio something. But anyway, yeah, so that's kind of what I thought about it in a whole. But yeah, I would like to see something that's more circus for circus. Because I didn't learn... The thing is, I didn't learn anything from it. And I also don't know how much you would learn if you didn't do circus from it as well. Like, it wasn't an informational documentary. Like, it was kind of going towards this really, like, art film direction where they had really nice shots and good cinematography. But there wasn't enough of that to make it that kind of a film. It was still in the structure of a documentary that teaches you something, but it really didn't teach anything. Did you think that? Yeah, it was like a beautiful film without... Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, it was a documentary without much information and beautiful shots, but mm. not enough beautiful shots to make it really interesting. Yeah, it wasn't beautiful enough. They should have gone one way or the other, and they just sat on the fence, and I thought it was a little... I don't know. But anyway, don't let that dishearten you. You, you guys, as the listeners, may have a different perspective on it obviously so yeah go check it out you can get it i think it's like ten dollars on itunes or you, however you'd like to do it and we want to like hear the opinions as well you know? yeah oh definitely yeah yeah I, like or read them like because like that's also interesting i think they should make an, a new documentary about like the circus life right now because i feel like it changes a lot it's constantly changing but i feel like right now after like how how many years like four or five years after they filmed that documentary, I feel like the lifestyle of the students is yeah. totally different. And also like some circus performers because, well, the arts change as well. And I feel like we're in a really changing industry. Yeah, a point I didn't bring up, which was that because it is so new, I mean, circus has been around for ages, but the people who teach circus now are either in the generation of circus where you were kind of in family circuses or just on the cusp into, like, contemporary circus, um, which is, like, still very new. Like, 20 years ago, I guess, is where, like, modern circus as we know it today kind of started, which is fucking nothing when you think about it. 20 years is... Yeah, it is changing quite a lot. Yeah, it is literally, like, nothing. Like, 20 years is... I mean, you're older than that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So this is one of the most exciting times to be in circus. Yeah, that's something, actually, that it kind of reaffirmed. When I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And it's cool to see when, you know, when 
our generation grows up and then where we become trainers or directors or choreographers or, you know, we may not stay in the industry. Yeah, like how it transform. Yeah, to see what the industry looks like then, you know. Trainers who grew up in a family circus and traditional circus would have, like, completely died out. I mean, there would be, still be those little ones, you know, popping up here and there. Like really resistant. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really resistant. Yeah, uh, really resilient, which... It's actually really funny. In Canberra, in Canberra here in Australia, which is quite rural, you actually get a lot of traditional circus, maybe about like two, two a year, which is more than Cirque du Soleil visits, which I guess because Australia is so far yeah. that they only bring their kind of like C-grade shows here. They don't need to bring it all the way down here. They can just keep it north. But yeah, it's something to do because of the licensing here on land. There's so much land. It's also got a good population for a place that has so much land, we actually get a lot of traditional circus here, which adds towards the outlook a lot of people, the consciousness that people have towards circus. In Australia, generally is a bit uneducated, but in Canberra specifically, people only know circus to be... Traditional. Yeah, traditional, because they see it come pretty regularly, and they go, oh, yeah, circus is still happening. Yeah, and, like, they think I, I still jump between, like, elephants and shit. It's funny. Obviously, a lot of, I mean, a lot of companies kind of maybe have made a conscious decision to drop the name, because those, that stereotype, I think, is directly related to the name circus. But I feel like in that discussion, it's also, it's up to us to change it, you know? People is not going to go and find that kind of knowledge so it's like it's up to us the artists to like you know like mm. explain to the people that don't know like you know what this is not like this you know we can change it and it's different and the things that i do it's i'm not going into that direction because like no one is going to explain them. it's up to us to educate them not them to educate themselves is that where you're getting at yeah and also i don't think that's a common question to us to yourself when well if you're not doing circus you know it's tricky because I feel like there's either a point where you could redeem the name and so people start to understand it now as the majority of circus being in theatres or, you know, Cirque du Soleil still doing a lot of stuff in Big Tops and Acro Acro and stuff. But no, the yeah, so in theatres and like modern and contemporary or like a lot of companies just kind of drop the name circus and they use other words that explain the same thing, like acrobatics or like physical theater, movement dance, these kind of things. You have a lot of companies kind of doing that, you know, like No Fit State, Company XY, Cassis, Seven Fingers, Gravity Other Myths, etc. I mean, they all kind of have, I think it's like No Fit State Contemporary Circus. I believe, I don't know if they have that in the name, but they kind of drop that and they're known as like No Fit State. Do you think that's a good thing to be doing? Do you think if you want to have that direction, you should be dropping the name? Because there are such strong-rooted stereotypes towards what circus is. The name already inherently screams traditional. True. You know, animals and fire hoop diving. I mean, yeah, I think it's the easiest way to do it, you know? I don't think it's a bad idea. I think yeah. it's just really easy. I think if, we, if like people is going to do that, I think the most important thing is like to not forget where we come from you know like and never like separate them fully because that's our background like that's our like that's ourselves like our coaches as you said like they come from there they were the ones who teaches us so if we're gonna change the number and the, the name and like we're gonna change that part of like how people is seeing circus 
as an artist, we don't have to forget that. Thanks for listening to the Lost Boys Guide to Circus podcast. 